Inspire Living with Rodney and Steve is brought to you by Metaphysics Pilates Bootcamp. Metaphysics Pilates Bootcamp is the most complete workout you will ever do. It includes interval training, high interval training, where you can burn those calories that you want to burn, get the results that you're looking for, and feel amazing. At the end of each class, we do Pilates, both traditional Pilates using the Pilates springboard as well as mat exercises, so you get that full, complete workout. And the best thing is, is the class never repeats itself. So each day is a different class. We have five different templates that we work from each time. And, and no matter what, you will never repeat a class. And as well, anybody can do it. It doesn't matter what fitness level you're at, you can do it. If you can't do a specific exercise, we always have other choices for you and other ways for you to get the best workout that is possible that is specific to your needs and your desires. So right now, as you are listening to this podcast, you give us the con- you contact us, and it's ten percent off your first month. Ten percent off your first month membership. Whatever you can, we can do unlimited. We have twice a week. We have three times a week. Whatever membership you are looking to do, it is ten percent off. If you listen to this podcast, just give us a call. It's five eight five four two five one 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 three. Let us know you listen to Inspire Living by Rodney and Steve, and we will give you that discount and also you can email me steve at meta-fitx.com thanks a lot and enjoy the podcast hi what's up everyone it is inspire we're living with rodney and steve and today our guest is hallie debias and she is an integrative health coach and yoga instructor she has been fighting lyme disease for almost 20 years now and eight of which she has finally been correctly diagnosed since then she has uh, used integration of mind body methods to control her health and achieve remission after experience Lyme disease, it's given her a huge passion for mind, body, and spirit wellness. And her intention is to give guidance and tools to empower those to create the most happy, healthy, fulfilled version of themselves. Welcome, Hallie, and it's very nice to have you and very nice to meet you. Thanks. How's it going? Good. Thank Good. you for having me. Thanks for yeah, having me. No problem. So tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, how I mean, we got, gave a little brief intro there, but let's delve into a little bit, like um, how long you've been teaching yoga. Uh, what what do you what are your what are your big focuses with the health coaching stuff all that kind of stuff and go ahead and and share. Yeah, so I discovered yoga after being very sick for many years. Um, needed something to build my muscle mass up, and I actually wanted to go into Pilates. Um, yoga was you know too easy for me. Right. I was a very intense person. Um, but <laughs> Yoga's pretty hard, though. It, well, yeah, well, be careful what you're saying. That's yeah, what I learned. Careful. I do Pilates, but yeah. yoga's hard. No, so the Pilates instructor I was going to work with um, took one look at me and told me I couldn't do Pilates because I was going to get hurt because I had that little muscle. Um, so that's when I started yoga and never even got to Pilates um, because it was so hard and so challenging and, right. and so therapeutic both mentally and physically. Right. Um, so I've been teaching on and off ever since then. Uh, I want to say it was about five years ago. Um, yeah, really a huge passion of mine. And I started health coaching about a year ago. Um, um, I love spreading awareness of mind-body health throughout right. the whole community. Um, but definitely my passion lies with chronic illness and Lyme disease um it's a very misunderstood community yeah. Yeah. there's not much knowledge or education or even awareness out there yet um so I've kind of 
taking it upon myself to start something in Rochester. Um, That's really good because, I mean, obviously exercise is so important to everything, but, like, it really helps the autoimmune and, and, yeah. and uh, Lyme disease and things like that hugely. Yeah. And illness really takes over your brain um, in many forms. Um, but it's, I've, my latest journey is really um, experience, experimenting with how important it is to take control of your thoughts and, and how much that can affect your physical nature. For sure. And yeah. in the Lyme community, the, the infamous phase, or phrase, pardon, is it's all in your head. That's yeah. what we're all told when we're trying to get a uh, correct diagnosis. So it's kind of a thin line that you have to dance around because you don't want to just shut people down as soon as they hear something along the lines of what's in your head is making you feel a certain way. Right. Um, but through my own experience, it's it's been kind of insane to really discover how much of my physical symptoms um, are really mental thoughts that I've been holding on to. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I just did a video uh, last week, or earlier this week, what's it, Friday? Yeah. So earlier this week, I just did a video uh, talking a little bit about that, about mindset, how, you know, you can, you, can walk, you can wake up in the morning and say, oh, fuck. I got another day I got to do, and I just don't want to do it. I'm so tired. And your day's going to look like that, basically. But right. you can wake up in the morning and say, oh, I feel fucking amazing. Let's tackle this day. Let's have the best day ever. You know, And that changes your whole mind. That changes your whole mindset and makes your day completely different. There's, there's a, a big study. I can't remember where it's from. There's a big study out there right now where it just came out, or maybe it's kind of, maybe a couple years ago now, where just, a, just smiling alone turns the brain on and makes your brain make your brain automatically thinks you're happy. That's, I yeah, that's my favorite study in the whole world. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's wild. Like I, even today, like uh, when I had my guys in Shavasana, I was just kind of sitting there. I tried to like meditate during that time, mm -hmm. and I was just putting happy faces of people I knew in my head, kind of flashing it, and, like of the kids and stuff. And I realized in that moment, like I was smiling. Like there was no one to see me smile, and all of a sudden, like I was just smiling, and yeah. it was kind of cool. But so Haley, how old were you when you started feeling the symptoms of Lyme? Um, so we actually have it documented that I was bit by a tick when I was two, almost 18 months, so almost two years old. Wow. Um, and then when I was seven or eight, I started getting weird skin rashes, kind of folliculitis type stuff. Um, and then when I was 12, I had debilitating back pains and knee pains. And then from there, it just kept slowly building, you know, the fatigue, I would have to come home from school and take a very long nap and then sleep all night. Um, but it didn't, it didn't get completely debilitating until I was 17. Wow. Yeah. So what, can you explain just to like any of us that don't know, like what Lyme disease does within your body? Yeah. So, um, it kind of depends who you talk to, but <laughs> it can pretty much do anything. So. Lyme disease itself is a bacterial organism, um, but depending on basically the luck of the draw, which tick you get, um, there's a handful of co-infections that go with it. So I believe it's 18 that are the most common co-infections, um, and they're parasitic, parasitic and bacterial. 
So all of these organisms are affecting every organ in your body, every system in your body. Um, so they can cause rashes, they can cause aches and pains, um, gastrointestinal symptoms. I had really bad neurological Lyme. Wow. Um, so it can completely wipe out your brain. So does that, I would assume that makes it very hard to diagnose. Yeah, so um, the nickname for Lyme disease is actually the great imitator. Um, so the common story for people with chronic Lyme is it takes anywhere from six months to you name it, how many years. <laughs> um, and usually during that time they get diagnosed with everything you can imagine. RA, MS, lupus, arthritis. Yeah, and I can imagine that, like, alone, like, if you just think about the mental, like, what that does, so just mm -hmm. even your thought process, like, constantly, oh, wait, I have this, or wait, I have that. My thought always goes to the drugs, to all the drugs, oh, we think you have this, and we're going to give you drugs for this, and then Absolutely. it's not, it's, that's, that's more, almost more damaging than anything else, it's Absolutely. fucking yeah. drugs, you know? Yeah, and even once you, once you get a correct diagnosis, um, everyone's so different in this disease that it's basically everyone's an experiment. Yeah. So it's all trial and error. Right. And, um, you know, all the, all the people I know in the Lyme community, we all have very different treatment, past, present, and future. Mm -hmm. We all have very different symptoms. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so... I like fibromyalgia, too. Like, I've worked exactly. with a bunch of clients with fibromyalgia over the years. It's the same idea. People, for years, didn't even recognize this thought it was all in their head, you know, yeah. but, and now finally it's being recognized and again super hard to diagnose to begin with you know yeah. um but it's 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 crazy so how did you how did you how did you transfer okay we got <laughs> sorry that the was dog, the dog's gonna answer that question <laughs> all right how did you transform yourself how did you make that shift and were able to get out of it and just be where you be able to sit here today and um, do what you're doing now. Cool. Yeah, so honestly, it's before I got into the wellness world with all these incredible people around me, it was, I'm honestly, I'm a very stubborn person, and I had a lot of, I bring it too far sometimes, but it, it served me in this right. example. Um, I had a lot of people around me telling me that I was crazy, it was all in my head, right. like you said, um, I might not make it, I'm doing the wrong stuff. So it was all these words, and I basically was like, you know what, screw these people. I'm going to make it. I have something to live for. I'm way too young. I should be having the time of my life. You know, I was a freshman in college at the time. Um, and when I got really sick, everything that I've ever wanted basically happened. You know, I went, I started school out in Colorado. I had all these cool friends around me. I was finally happy. And then I got really sick. So I, my stubbornness kind of got me to the point of slowly integrating back into society. And then um, that's when I met my yoga teacher. Shout out to Randy. <laughs> She's the absolute From best. Randy Midtown? Randy Lattimore, yep. Um, yeah, she's my body director at Midtown. Yeah. So I met her and she completely changed my life. Um, even... I, I tell her all the time she saved my life because I was I was stubborn to get me to that point but I was at a point of I was exhausted I had no more fight left in me and here comes just this 
radiant person who is nonstop smiling, so yeah. happy all the time, and just yeah, wants to is. help people. Yeah. Um, and she she got me to that next level. And that's when like the whole smiling thing yeah. with the smiling study. I would be driving and just miserable, just so depressed. You know, why is this happening to me? And I would force myself to smile and it would change my mood. It would totally change it's, my mood. It's amazing. You know, that's been my mantra lately with, with people in my own life, especially, is just, you know, fucking just smile. Just turn it Don't around. Don't you have a shirt? Turn that thought around. Huh? Don't you have a shirt? I do. I have a shirt that says, smile, it's so easy. That's one of my. Uh, that's one of my, uh, I have all these different sayings that I say in class, so I have t-shirts now that have the different sayings on one of them is smile, it's so easy. That's so, awesome. I like yeah. That. I think, I think even, yeah, I, I've thought about it in like different yoga poses when I'm like holding warrior two forever and like that moment when I just like smile about it, like it's funny, like mm -hmm. it does become easier and mm -hmm. this whole like, it, it like takes a lightness or a heaviness away and it makes you lighter. Um, I don't know. Sometimes... I'm almost paranoid like you see like an older person that like you think they frowned way too much and they got the perma frown going and I'm like I, remember, <laughs> I gotta smile more because I do not want that you want the perma frown the yeah. perma frown where like my grandma had it that's why and she, was, she always looked like she was upset but she really wasn't but right. she must have been frowning a lot or maybe it was just natural I don't know but yes. it really does do something that just mm -hmm. it's that little shift right yeah, yeah. absolutely but, uh, what I guess, I guess the question comes like, what is it that takes us that step to smile, right? Like, like we were so mad, we're so mad, we're so mad, and we're upset, we're in self-pity, we're in all this, and then we're like, if we can just, it's not like it's hard. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not like, oh, I can't smile because the muscles aren't strong enough. You know what I mean? It's something in our brain that stops us from like, oh, I want to hold on to this. It's safe, though. There's comfort in misery. There's comfort in being upset. It's easy. Our brains are wired to kind of be on guard all the time and kind of be upset, you know? So, it, you know, I, it's almost harder to be happy, you know, even if everything is going right. Like I know that I can speak for myself. Everything's going right in my life and things are going great. I'm on, I actually have to sometimes fight not to think about, okay, when's something going to go wrong? And this is almost too good. I need to do something to make it feel a little bit more miserable. <laughs> I gotta create the misery for I myself. Create, yeah, it's I, crazy. I, I think society kind of teaches us to yeah, do that. Right. You know, exactly. it can't. It can't be this good. Right. Something has to go wrong. I mean, look at the, look at the so news. Good. If you turn the TV right. on, you know, it's like there. It's all just garbage all the time. It's all just doom and death and tornadoes and hurricanes and blah 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 and all that stuff. But they're never showing you anything that is all the wonderful things that are going on in life, you know? And so it makes it seem like things are way worse than they've ever been before. But in reality, we're just getting access to it all way more than we used to through Facebook and Twitter and obviously TV and things like that. So now it seems like everything is insanely just, the world's gonna blow up any day now, you know? But that's what sells ads. All they're trying to do is sell ads. The brain's wired to, the brain is absolutely wired to always look out and be on guard and be like, okay, I gotta protect myself or okay, I gotta, you know, this is, this negative thing is happening. I've got to, I've got to brace myself for it. So in the second, you know, if you think about like going to, um, talking with, like I'll, I can use the, no offense, but like girls, for instance, like getting together in their cliques and they gotta gossip about the boy or something yeah. like that. People are so excited to hear about those, those negative things about somebody else than if they were to go and say, hey, I'm so fucking happy today. Let's talk about how happy I am. People are like, yeah, I don't want to talk about 
you know, it's kind of annoying. You know, so it's it's just I think we're just so hardwired that way. I guess if you think about it back a long time ago, caveman days, you always had to be on guard. You might get eaten by some big bear or, or something too, and you always had to. You, you never knew what was going to happen. In this day and age, you know, most of us, thank God, don't need that. You know? Well, I think uh, yeah. this is this is something like I think we forget because we are essentially animals and if you look at the animal life like if you watch a bird eat he's looking left and right before he eats and we are hardwired to struggle yes like struggling is a part of nature and to expect that struggle not to be there is also trying to fulfill something that's false because struggle is always apparent just it's just like love love always exists whether you feel it or not is a different story. Struggle is always there. Yeah. You know, and I think it's it's the tuning in to like, oh my God, there's a new series of Narcos on Netflix. <laughs> like, I'm going to avoid my struggle today and just kind of tune out of it, you know. And I think, I think struggle is really important to build character in people and especially like not tuning out. Like, we're going to find times of struggle and you can't just force the happiness in. No. You can try, you can do that, but I think that you need to just kind of absorb that struggle in that moment and have faith that, you know, happiness does exist. Love does exist. These things exist. Yeah. I'm not going to force it in, you know, and, and, and create false love or happiness, but I understand that it's, it's, it's all around. You know, um, one of my teachers said, like, you know, I get very crazy in the chasing bliss, right? Like, mm -hmm. I feel good and I'm chasing bliss. And I said, what's wrong with chasing bliss? And she goes, silly, bliss is already there. And, and it's like, oh, yeah. Okay, let me go on. Let me go think on that for a minute, minute you know. Um, well, I think it, it's a total balancing act, too, right? Because the other thing society teaches us is to hide all the struggle. Like, right. you, you do the gossip, you talk about the bad times, but when you're actually really struggling and you need to let something out or cry or get angry society teaches us to hold that all in how dare you right yeah like right why are you making my day worse you know um so i think it's it's really important to to let that out and that's another thing yoga helped me with um is how great crying is you know it really helped me get comfortable with crying even if it was behind closed doors right. and just that release that you get is incredible and and Kind of like you said, bliss is always there, and the struggle is always there. It'll always be there for you. And I think it's really important, and it's easier said than done, to try and distinguish between you, when you need to release something and when it's when it's so prominent that it, that's what you need to be working on. If you need to be miserable for a day, let it happen. Yeah. But it's also your responsibility not to make someone else's day miserable you know like yeah it's, i think it's the habitual like oh steve's here again and he's miserable right. <laughs> Why are you yeah. me? no i'm just joking <laughs> but it's, it's 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 you know yeah yeah it's it's a hard diagnosis right like um you know for me and my struggles in my life like i think the biggest thing i've learned is like okay it's here and I'm struggling and I understand that just like like waves mm -hmm. it's 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 gonna go away 
and I know when I'm feeling really good, like then there's the people that are like, I can't feel happy because the struggle's right there. You right. know, like it's, 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 I think it's just having your boat on that, on, on, on the water. And as it goes up and down, you're kind of just you go ex- with it rather than what happens, what's happening rather than trying to control the water. Right. Exactly. Like we're trying to control the water where it goes right. rather than the water will go around the boat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if I didn't have the struggles that I've had in my life, I would not be the person I am today, you know, and, and I think that that's what makes us, that's what makes a successful entrepreneur, that's what makes anybody successful, is they have to go through those struggles to, to really be, to come out on top and be successful, and that's how you understand yourself, you don't, you understand yourself first, you can understand everybody else much easier and much better, you know, you have a much clearer mindset, you have a much clearer mind, you know what other people are feeling, you know what they're going through. And, and you're able to help, you're able to get in there and, and to, to work with them with whatever your modality is, whatever your talents lie. And, and, that, and that struggle is, is, is extremely important, but very difficult, say, yes. especially at times. You know? But it's, I've, I've been trying to switch my mindset around Lyme and my illness and my experience with it for right. since I got it, basically. Right. Right. Um, and I finally come to this place of, I'm, I'm thankful for it. I would never wish it on anyone, at yeah. least the experience. The right. lessons are a different thing. But right. but I'm, I'm so blessed because I'm 26, and in some ways I'm a 12-year-old <laughs> mentally. But in a Me lot too. of ways... <laughs> um, but in a lot of ways, I'm more mature of a thinker than anyone I know. And I, I, I have this gift at 26 where... I have that life is too short kind of mindset and and I'm thankful for every day like my new thing now is I wake up every morning and I say it's a great day to be alive because it is and I repeat that as many times as it takes me to believe it Um, and nine times out of ten turns out to be a great day yeah Um, and just just being grateful and practicing gratitude Um, a lot of people my age and even you know, my parents' friends, they don't, they don't have that yet because they didn't have an experience to make them realize it yet. Right. So in that way, I feel blessed. And I found my passion. I found what I want to do for the rest of my life and my purpose in life at such awesome. a young age. So in that way, I'm very grateful for, for what I've been through. So you don't, you don't take you. A, single, a single good day for granted. Right. Right. I... Someone, someone said this to me once, and I hung on to it. There's some, I'm going to butcher it, I'm sure. But it was something along the lines of life is too short not to be happy, but life is also too long to worry about where you are right now if you are happy in the place that you're at. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah, I think it's... Uh, it comes back to like that... that this expectation of where we think we need to be at specific times, right? Like we have like, oh, I need to be doing this. I need to get here. Like you talk to a lot of motivated people and you're in this like world of entrepreneurs and people in health and wellness. And it's like this constant like reach for more, reach for more. I've been reading a lot about, uh, it's, it's, it's one of the yamas and yamas in it. It's uh, non-possessiveness and, you know, how like we want to, try to control everything and it's less to do with the shit you have like I mean that's one thing too like you know like we think our boat or our car is us like but it's also like 
trying to possess like like I need to set up my day like this, and it has to be like this, and if it and, and if it's not, da 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 da, and then it's like I need, and if I keep on doing this, I'm gonna get this magical thing at the end of the road, and like we get stuck in that, right? And 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 again, I'm just like talking that flow of things and just kind of going with it, and like opportunities come, like you're always gonna have opportunities in your life, but you're not gonna have opportunities if you don't have space. Like so, like in yoga class, when we create space in our body. That gives us an opportunity to grow bigger, or opportunity for our muscles to work more. It's like that in our head. If we don't have that space in our head to let opportunities come in, like of knowledge or love or whatever it may be, like it's just going to go through because there's no space for it. And then it's also with like your schedule and our busyness, this busy life. I'm I, I struggle with that 100. percent Is like I I have so much going on. And I want to do so much, but I can only do so much. So I have to start to prioritize what's important. And it's like, wait, what if something really cool comes by and I can't do it because I'm so fucking busy of everything I got going on, you know? Yeah. But then I'm living in fear. Right. Yeah. So it's this cycle of things, right? Yeah. And like, then it's like, in my head, I say, Rodney, chill, smile. See, this is why gold are good. You know, you you know you have you know what you want in your life. You know where you want to be five years, ten years, twenty years down the road, right? So then you you go through and you're like, okay, you've got your goals. Now, how am I going to get there? You know, so you then you have to prioritize, like you were saying, make these steps, and then you can bring it down into the day. Okay, today I need I have five things I need to get done. What is the thing that's going to get me to the most closest to my goal? And that's what you do first. You know, and then so on and so on, and whittle it down. And I think that that's keeping it like looking at always in the present moment, but looking at the future is important because you obviously we all have our dreams and our desires, and the only way you get to your dreams and desires is by working your ass off to do it and by taking action steps and making it happen. It's not by just sitting there dreaming and going, oh, this would be nice. I know this is going to happen someday. If I just wish it upon the world and tell the universe I want it, it's going to come to me. There is some truth in that, but you got to make action. You've got to make action. That's because that's how you really tell the universe that, hey, you're you're serious about this. You know, I think I think that's a great, that's how I've had to learn because I can be super busy. There's a million things I can be doing all the time on the computer or on Facebook or doing things for my business that it's like more busy work. You know, but there's only a few things that I should be doing on a regular basis that's going to make it so my business is going to be more successful and build and grow as I go forward. So that's, I think that's a huge, huge thing to really think about as well, too. And it's so important to actually sit with the stuff, too, right? Because I've had those days where you just say, I have to be doing something. Yeah. So you do all this busy work, and then at the end of the day, you look back and wonder what the heck you did with your day. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you don't even know what happened, but all of a sudden your day is gone. Yeah. You're tired because you did something that's right. not really worth really, much. Really, right. yeah. And then you go to the next day. But if you if you really sit with stuff, instead of having that busy brain of staying in your headspace, as some people call it, um, and just, I should be doing this, I should be doing that. If you really... Ground yourself, and meditation has helped me a lot with this. Um, ground yourself and think about something and breathe with it and feel how it feels in your body mm-hmm. and your mind. Then you're acting from the heart space. Then it's yep. like, okay, I can do these two things and it'll get me 10 steps forward, or I can do these 30 things that my head would have told me to do and right. it'll probably get me two steps back. 
Yeah, that's a great way to put it. I like I love that. that. Yeah, definitely. I also like look at like contentment for the ride. Like, like we're, we're, we're again, like, I, I guess I'm hitting home that point. Like we want to get there, mm-hmm. but if we, we want to find that contentment along the way, like you gotta enjoy I, the process. Yeah. Like it, exactly. That's great words. Like enjoy the process. Like, so it's almost like there's great, but here is awesome. Yeah. And like, I'm enjoying my ride from here to there. Mm-hmm. Like, um, cause it's not guaranteed. There is not guaranteed. Yeah. And especially like stuff you've dealt with, like, I mean, probably like in remission Mm -hmm. and where you're at now, a year in remission is amazing compared to a year of being sick. Yeah. Right? Like that year probably felt like an eternity to you. Yeah. And every year is like that because every year is a little better, you know, because I still struggle with a lot of symptoms. Um, whether they're Lyme related or just my body shutting down from years and years of heavy treatment. Um, every year is another step into that stable health place. But right, like my, the days that I sit and kind of get into that negative space now, I have to, I, I give it space cause you need to feel it sometimes. Yeah. But when it, when it gets to the point where it's like, all right, you've given it enough energy, think about where you were five years ago. Okay, you couldn't walk. Now you're walking. Now you're doing yoga. Now you're training, you know. It's amazing. You gotta, you gotta, yeah. Like, she's I getting never, goosebumps. She's yeah. doing that, you know. <laughs> I never thought I could read again or see someone's face again, you know. So, so reminding yourself where you were instead of, comparing yourself to you know two days ago I had an incredible day or I was traveling and had all this energy and then today maybe I'm down in energy you know it's a roller coaster it's the waves again yeah. we keep going back to yeah. the waves but you gotta you gotta remember how far you've come and, and enjoy that like you were yeah. saying but also remember that the future is gonna be great too it's such a sticky slope right you, you wanna <laughs> you wanna like appreciate and acknowledge the road that you've taken to get to here. And you want to try to build something good for there. Mm-hmm. But during the process, you want to be here and now. That's why you gotta set the goals, man. You know, you, <laughs> that's why you, you set those goals. And it, it's that's, that's, where I, that's where I think people get confused sometimes too. It's like, yes, we wanna be in the present moment. That's the most, you, you, all you have is right, all we have is right now, this is it. The past is past, it's done, it's over. We can't do anything about that, right? We learn what we learn from our lessons and we move on. Future hasn't even come yet, you know? But we do have to, we don't have to, I mean, you can do whatever the hell you wanna do, but if you wanna really have a focus and be successful, you really have to set those goals in the future. So you wanna take care of the future knowing that these are the things, these are, these are how you want your life to be. This is how you, you feel you're going to be happy. And, and more importantly, this is how you know that if you're, you can help other people is by being, getting, getting, getting to these points, you know, or, or getting these goals set, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and then from there, in the present moment, you are able to set those steps again, set those actions in place and go and have fun too, you know, enjoy it. Because if it's goals that you want to do, you're going to have fun for the most part of the process, there's always things that we don't want to do that we have to do. I have to clean my studio. You know, I hate doing that, but I have to, that's something I have to do, right? So, you know, there's always those little things you have to do 
uh, moving forward, but if you're if you're if you're doing something you love to do, then the present moment is amazing, and you're you're being you're you're being productive because you're doing something that you love to do that's getting you to a place where you know that you're that where you want to go. But that's not your end all be up be. That's not your that's your not your end goal. Your goal is to just be in the present moment, but also have the all goals in the future, so you have steps so you can make the steps to move forward. Otherwise, you kind of just Let me ask you a question. Lollygagging around. I have a question for you. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I, I like the. I like. <laughs> I like right, cool. So, do you control your goals, or do your goals control you? I think. That, I think that if you're smart about it, you control your goals. Your goals do not control you. You control your destiny. You control. But where do you that. Go. Yes, I think that, that I control them. I think it depends how you do time. it, like you said. Yeah. yeah, you have to sit down there, like, you know, every single day, almost every single day, when I, a lot of times I'm at home, I don't, but I wake up in the morning, I have my, I write in my journal, I have my little gratitude thing where I say five things I'm thankful for mm-hmm. every single day, and then I have, I think I'm, I have like 13 different goals, different like bucket list items, for instance, that I want to check off someday. And then I sit down there and I put a list together of all the things that I need to do to, to get to that point. Now where things start to get out of your control or out of my control is when you start getting on Facebook and surfing or when I start getting caught up in a bunch of bullshit emails that I don't really need to be doing that right then and there or something like that. But when I'm focused on, okay, I've got to do, I've got to do A, B, and C today to get to, to the next step to where I want to go, that's me controlling my destiny and that's me because I'm doing what I want to be doing at that point. Right, but this goal, X goal, mm-hmm. If you're working towards that, and it's controlling your present moment, because well, you're doing steps towards that goal, it's it's but not. But it is controlling a part of your present moment. No, because so it's dictating a little in a bit. Way. Because I'm enjoying what I'm doing in the present moment. That's the thing. I'm not doing anything that. Well, it's not true. Sometimes, you, again, like cleaning the studio, you might have to do things you don't necessarily enjoy doing. But I'm enjoying every single moment. I'm enjoying. I mean, I enjoy eating pizza. Right. But I know, like... Well, that's detrimental to you in the long run, but yeah. Well, you see what I'm saying with that, right? Well, I think this is why where the feeling comes into play, right? Because yeah. a lot of people, they set... And goals are a powerful thing. I know Rod no, I love goals. very yeah, passionate I'm not, about goals. I'm not, I'm not being devil's advocate. <laughs> no, I, I, um, I love it. It's okay. Totally but cool. I think, you know, a lot of people set goals and they're like, all right, this is the goal for five years. It can't change. It can't, you know. Right. And that's when it starts to control you because... I don't know about you, but my five and ten year goals have changed countless amounts oh, yeah. of times. The values yeah. and the core values are still the same, but the actual goals are very different, yeah. right? Because we're never there. Right. right. So but if you if you can meditate on it, if you can feel how that goal makes you feel almost on a daily basis, right? right then you can my view is you can stay in control of the goal because it still reflects how you're feeling today. And I think you all you are there because you set goals and you make them. So I set a goal that I, you know I've had this Pilates boot camp concept for a long time since mm-hmm. since I was in New York City. It's taken me about six or seven years to put it together. My goal was to eventually open up a studio. Well, I've achieved that goal, right? So I've checked one off the list, so to speak. You know, and then there's more things that that I want to do, and there's more things because then you get more ideas. Like you were saying, things change. Mm-hmm. You know, I might have wanted to go to a specific area. There's a I. Six years ago when I started this, it was a completely different direction than where I've taken it, you know? But I had that goal of, I, this is my talents. I'm good at what I do. 
I want to help people with this, so how can I do this, and how can I spread the word, so to speak? So you do reach them if you follow through, and it's a great feeling, you know. Yeah. I think when you're not doing what you don't want to, when you're doing what you don't want to do, and that's when that's when things are controlling you, and you're not controlling them. But if you're truly doing what you love to do on a regular basis, you're you're in control of your life. You know, at that, at that as point, long as you're yeah. stick, you have to stick with your values. Right. Yeah, okay. I think that's huge, and yeah, I like compromise. what you said, Haley, about feel. Um, like, I, so I, I like goals, and I think they're good. I, I can tell you my struggles with them in the past is like, okay, I want to open a gym because it's going to be like this X, Y, and Z, and then I get a gym, and it's not like X, Y, and Z, and it actually sucks. It was great for me. <laughs> but, <laughs> I loved that place. But then, like, you know, it's like it's like it makes you look more into the whys. And I like the whys, like why do I want to be here? And so what I like to do, right. instead of a the goal, what is my vision? What is my vision for my life five years from now? Rather than what is it that I want, what does my life feel like in five years when I wake up? Like when I wake up in the morning, what are the good feelings that I want to feel? And what are the things that lead me to those feelings? Right. And those are the things I should be doing and working towards rather than like, I need to have this or this much money in the bank or, you know, 10 bitcoins by then. Like, you know, I, all these other things are great. And I think you do have to manage financially yourself, like, right. you know, to be able to, to survive and especially in this world, right? Like financially, it's, it's just a, just a slippery slope to be an entrepreneur in the fitness and wellness thing and still kind of live like a normal human. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I still want my life to feel a certain way. But then again, every day goes by that five-year goal. Like, like, do you know what I mean? Like, we're, we're five, it's a little longer. It's like you're never there because it's your goal and your vision is kind of shifting always. Like, what do you wanted five years ago and what you want now, five years in the present, is completely different because you, you've, you've achieved some things. But, right. like, I guess what I'm saying is you're never truly ever there. No, it's I don't think you, I wouldn't want it. That'd be so fucking yeah. boring. If I was there, I'd be bored I think that's what's so magical about yeah. setting goals is because it gives you the structure, you know? Yes. Like, like I led a retreat this past summer yes. with Joanne Wu. Um, Who's our guest next week? Really? Yeah. Oh, amazing. Nice. Um, yeah, so I personally, I did kind of a vision and goals portion. She did yoga. That was not on my vision and goals sheet. You know, I right. had I had teaching yoga, I had running workshops with vision and goals, but to lead a whole retreat was something maybe five years down the road. But some of the stuff on my five year goals, you know, it, it I don't know. I guess the magic behind it is that it gives you the structure and it gives you somewhere to reach. Yeah. But it's always changing. And something on your 10-year goal might happen tomorrow. And something on your one-year goal might change into a 10-year goal. I think goals are, are very important, especially for people that have lack of direction. Yeah. I, think, I, think, I think that's always, if people have good direction, I think goals change a bit. Um, and one thing is like, I mean, I can tell you guys I've bamboozled myself so many times. Like, once I get through yoga teacher training, I'm gonna be there. You know, and I think we get led in our lives, yeah. right? Like, you just got to get through school. Okay, I'm gonna get through middle school. I'm in middle school now. I'm there. Okay, wait. You gotta just get to high school. It gets better. Okay, I'm gonna go to high school. I'm in high school now. Right. Ah, oh, fuck. I gotta gotta graduate high school. Great. Cool. I'm graduating <laughs> high school. Time to go to college. 
like, oh, once I'm done with college, I can start living. And it's like, it's we awful. get through college, yeah. and then we're constantly trying to get through. We're getting yeah. through and through. Oh, wait, you know what? Once my kids leave the house, then I'm going to be there. You know, the kids are gone. Oh, I just got to get to 65 and retire. And what the fuck? The whole, your whole entire life, it's you're so getting awful. through, yeah. and you haven't... You're not you haven't experienced shit because you're just worried about getting through. Right. You know, and I did that. I just, like, it, I had an epiphany at yoga teacher training this last year. It was like, I thought, like, I get through yoga teacher training and I'm going to be, like, this magical yoga teacher. <laughs> you know? And it's like, wait, I'm almost done and I don't even feel like I'm capable of teaching yoga yet. You know? And I fucking bet I did it again. I did it again. And I got sucked into this thing, like, oh, I just got to get through this thing. And I personally have to always stop myself from trying to say like, oh, I got to get through this week. I mean, I remember working at a, like a nine to five type job and like recognizing that like you hated Monday, you hated when Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday was kind of okay because the next day was Friday and then Friday was great because you're going to go out and party and then Saturday you kind of persevered through the hangover to party again and then Sunday was miserable because Monday was the next day and you repeated this cycle over and over yeah. and over again. So like, uh, yeah. it's, I feel passionate about it. If you can tell, like yeah. that, like like we got to stop trying to get through so much. Mm -hmm. Just be and just fun. be right. like, and yeah. that's where you find there's like all of a sudden this weight of like it's a freedom, a freedom that comes over you, yeah. like when you're like, okay, you know what? I don't have to get through anything. I don't have to get through today. I could just be here today. Yeah. Yeah, so it's sorry, amazing. Sorry. No, that's good. That's good. I mean, I think most people live that way, you know. And it's amazing when you get to that spot. Like, I'll have days where I'm completely exhausted, you know, um, and I'm so overwhelmed. I don't know what my next steps are. I don't know where I'm. So I'm learning. I have a huge learning curve with marketing and things like that. So I, I don't know what to do. So I don't do anything, and I just wind up surfing Facebook or I'll. Sometimes I'll just go drive in the car for a second and oh. just, just chill out. But it's the, the time I take a moment to either meditate or sit back and say, all right, I'm just going to put everything aside. I'm just going to be right now. This is where I'm at. I'm just going to breathe. I'm just going to just going to, to just sit here for a moment. And that is when things start to become much clearer. You know, like, I don't, I don't need to do that right now. Okay, let me just focus on getting these specific things done. So there's so much power in that. It's creating right that space. Just creating that space. Even if it takes us a half an hour, a half an hour is a long time out of my day to take to do that because I feel like I've got, I've got a million things to do and I never have enough time in the day to do it all. Um, but it's amazing how it just makes things so much more clear for you, you know, and you're able yeah. to move things forward and not waste time on a little petty shit that you don't really need to waste time on, you know? Yeah. That's like, who says, if you don't have 15 minutes to meditate, meditate for an hour. Right? <laughs> yeah. <I love laughs> like, that. yeah. Like, it's so important to just sit with it. And I think in today's world with the busyness and stuff, nobody does that. You know, it's yeah. just go, go, go. And you don't even have time to sit. That's why nobody can be with themselves nobody's yeah. comfortable with just the no. time by themselves you know we have our these phones and constant everything stimulation. constant stimulation yeah. and and to be able to just sit with yourself that's definitely not paleo and, <laughs> What's that constant, constant stimulation, constant stimulation. <laughs> but to be able to just sit with yourself and and you you have to heal yourself before anything else changes around you yeah. in a positive way yeah a lot of things will change if you haven't done that. Right. But if you if you really sit with yourself and, and again going back to the feeling, 
um, breathing with stuff, you get so much more clear on what you have to do with yourself, what you have to do with your business, what you have to do with your friends, family, and loved ones. It's just, it's incredible the power that just breathing and sitting in a, in a quiet space yeah. with no distractions. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's just really true too, and I mean for me, it's like the spinning in the brain, right? Like stopping that, like constant repetition of like thinking, 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 mm-hmm. thinking, thinking, thinking. You know, I really like. I think what is like a strategy that has worked for me. It was my teacher told me it was like just create a referee in your head to tell you to stop. Mm-hmm. That's it. You have one person in your head that just says, stop, Rodney. And I, I've, I've created this little figure. I pretend it's in there with the, like, you know, the, the striped shirt and it it blows the whistle in the middle of my psychotic episodes of overthinking and just overanalyzing and trying to worry about everything that has to be done and everything I have to do. And it just says, stop, Rodney. Mm -hmm. And then I go, oh yeah. What am I doing? <laughs> but let's say, it's, it's, what do we do? What are the strategic things that we do to, to kind of ground ourselves in those moments? Because I think, again, like the wave, it happens, right? But like for you guys, what are things like, like points where you're like, wait a second, I need to stop and meditate. Like, how do you do it? I think the first thing is breathe. You just sit there. The very first thing is breathe. You focus on your breath. You do three breaths where you just sit there. I tell my clients, you're sitting there at the desk, you're freaking frustrated, your boss is yelling at you, you've got way too many things to do. Take a moment, close your computer for a moment, close your eyes, just breathe three times and focus on your breath. It's amazing how that brings your blood pressure down. It, it, it's instantaneous, you know? I think that's like the number one the number one thing to get you going. Yeah, mine's yeah. usually breathing too. I usually visualize uh, breathing up the front of my body, all the way above my head and then back down the back. It's a, actually a cooling breath. Um, so I do that three times long through your nose and then out your nose. Um, and it really is amazing. Or I'll do like a forward fold or, or some kind of child's pose, something to, yeah, yeah, inversions and stuff to literally fold yourself together, pull yourself together. Um, do five burpees really quick. (laughs) I feel like that would be a completely (laughs) optional way. So, I, yeah, calming, <laughs> nice and calming. Sometimes I need it, though. Sometimes I'm so ramped up, I need to do, like, five burpees yeah. and punch a bag for a minute, you know? Yeah, yeah. right. That's true, too. You gotta, yeah. you gotta that's find... That's meditative in its own way as well. Right, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I do um, I do an intense interval training once a week, and that's my kind of once a week, that kind of therapy. Because yeah. if I do it more than once a week, my body hurts too much. But, right, right. Um, yeah, learning the balance because you don't want to just do angry things, but mm-hmm. sometimes you need that. You, you need do. to visualize it's something. The, it's on the, the yin and yang. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then yeah, and then sometimes I I kind of have a person in my head. I don't know what I would call it, but just to remind me that whatever I'm dealing with right now will always be there until I deal with it. So maybe just put it in this space over here, like this little bowl in my head. And then focus on the positive bowl for now. And then that, you know, you kind of have to go back and forth. Yeah. But it'll be there. It'll be there when you're ready to, to visit it. It's amazing. Uh, yeah, I've, uh, I've been playing because my conditioning class is definitely an aggressive class. And I've been 
taking people and putting uh, just against the wall with their feet up um, at mm-hmm. the end of class for five minutes we do it um, and the way people leave my class when I do that and I give them proper time to kind of cool down let their kind of system relax for a second and I just put that five minutes in class I just have to shorten something I have to like be more efficient in some places but when I allow that time for them they're either going to other classes but their head afterwards is so much better rather than like you fire these people up they're on a million they're going a million miles an hour and then you're like bye you know and then they're like they're going out in the world and they're not even ready for it they're Mm -hmm. like so like jacked up from or or they're completely exhausted and they haven't like gave their body a chance to kind of balance and i've noticed since i started doing that like I, I think as a trainer, I've evolved into like spending so much time in warming up and so much time in cooling down. Like the the meat of what I train people is pretty much the same, but what has changed is the ramping up and ramping down. Mm-hmm. And it, I think it, it it's made a difference. Mm-hmm. Totally, and movement too. Whether it's extreme movement or I think movement is so important because. I feel like we were just talking about this where feelings and pain you have to move it's the same channel right yeah so even oh, yeah, this, yeah. yeah so you know sometimes in yoga even like in child's pose I'll like move my torso around or just driving if you just need to like shimmy or shake your hands something get to stagnant. get it out yeah yeah it's toxic like toxic shit in your blood totally and going, I'm not a scientist but did you know that Steve that you're movement pathway and your pain pathway is the same pathway that's why like if you slam your finger in a door you shake Shake it it. because you don't feel it i think i heard it but it makes a lot of sense yeah so if you had and i had something happen to me last weekend that was an overwhelmingly good exciting thing and i still was like sprinting around (laughs) my friend's apartment and shaking my hands and jumping up and down because i like it was too it was too intense to hold in I really want to know what that was. <laughs> <laughs> Something I'm working on. Dun dun dun. Um but it was it was just a real cool moment and it was a very good day. So I think with negative emotions and positive emotions, it's it's good to kind of balance both of them out with whatever breathing, movement. Yeah. It's like I tell, I, like uh, I've said it on the podcast before. I want to take everybody that I see constantly at yoga and make them do some some high intensity fitness, fitness, and then everybody in my fitness classes, I need, I want to put them in downward dog for twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, it's like it's like, I think as creatures, we're. I, I loved it. Like you know, we worked at the same place. People are like, well, I'm just not flexible. That's why I'm not doing yoga. Oh my gosh, I was so not flexible <laughs> when I started. That's, that's the excuse why people don't do your, your or well, like I've had people say like, it's like oh, right, it's like I'm not, I'm not fit I enough. I don't yeah. do Pilates because I'm not strong enough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well. <laughs> it's like, that's when my, that's why you do it. Like, that's why you, <laughs> that's that's why you lift say, weights. You know, I'm out of shape. I'm, I'm not in shape enough to work out. Or yeah, that's, that's the point. point. <laughs> that's the point. Or do you ever hear people that like, I need to like, I need to work out a little bit first and then I'm going to come to your class. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, it is, it is intimidating these days too, right? With, yeah. with the whole, you know, CrossFit movement and all this westernized yoga that's all 
the tricks, you know, on Instagram. Yeah. And I'm guilty of it too. You know, I post stuff on Instagram of tricks and yeah, well, stuff, we have weekend but. coaches too. They pay a thousand bucks for one weekend and they think they're like high coach and they haven't seen anybody move and they haven't seen body types move. And then they, they, they program something crazy. And next thing you know, someone gets rabdo. You know what I mean? Like there's these, it is a serious thing. And like when we are making people move, especially in high intensity stuff, like you need to understand how people move. You need to understand how to program these movements. And that has to do with cooling down. And you've got to understand like where people are at before you put them through something, mm -hmm. right? Like, you know, I, I, I'll admit when I was a younger trainer, like I would I'd be like, oh, don't be a pussy. Just go through it. Come on, burpee. And like, that probably was a bad idea. You know what I mean? Like, or just endless air squats or, you know, it's like having compassion for people on their path at where they're at is right. super important as a right. trainer to like, okay, like, it's cool if this guy goes and gets water. I used to be real strict, like no getting water during my class. You can get it after class. What do you, what if there's, what if you're gonna save a baby? Are you gonna stop and get water? You know, they used to say shit like that, you know? And, and, and I mean, I still find myself getting into that headspace where I have to control myself, where I see someone stopping, going to get water. Cause some people use it as an excuse they to do. stop. Yeah. But yeah. at the same time, like, it's, you gotta let them grow. Yeah, they. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I think. I think there's a. I think there's a fine line as a trainer too, because you, if you have, if you're training somebody for a really long time, which has happened to you before, you have somebody that has the same pattern, same pattern where they're they're still they're not really growing. Then that's when you have to really yeah. step in and just say, hey, you know, let's let's get the water like not a little a little bit less, <laughs> you know, and and then work a little bit harder. And that's where you have to really kind of. That's where the really good trainers come into is be able to see those kinds of identify those things. Identify those things. You actually like, okay. did that with me too, is because you know you have to, again, like you said, empathize with where people are at that time. Yeah. And you know you don't know how much pain they're in. You don't know. You don't know anything. Anything. But I, <laughs> I remember when I was training with you at your old gym. What did I say? I'm worried now. No, 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 it was great. It was great. <laughs> but I, you know, I, I get into this mental space a lot and I still do. And I have to catch myself when I get there of, of, I call it sick brain, quote yeah. unquote, um, of this, you know, I can't, I can't read a book. I'm not strong enough. I'm not this enough. I'm not that enough. And, um, I didn't think I was strong enough at your gym and we were just doing deadlifts with kettlebells and you took one look at me and you were like, go up. <laughs> I was like, oh no, I can't. Yeah. I'm just a poor little weak girl. And yeah. I did, and it felt great. And yeah. you were there to make sure my alignment was right. And and ever, you know, after that, I was like, oh wow, maybe I am stronger than I think. You know, people don't realize. People underestimate their own their own strength. Yeah, totally. You know? I think. I think. What do you? And it's a perspective shift. Like I was doing a, a Boomtown CrossFit did a, a veterans warrior. Like it was a rucksack thing through Menden Ponds, and like you know, I put a couple kettlebells in a backpack, and it was 12 miles. And you know, you get through, you start feeling pity. It's long, right? This is, I think, it was like six hours. This whole thing was. And yeah, sounds uh, awful. Um, but we would stop. We would do it as a group. And uh, Chad, the guy from uh, CrossFit Boomtown, he would tell us stories about like different wounded soldiers and like the heroism they had throughout this, and like. Once you realize, like, 
honestly, the human body can put up with a lot oh, of stress. Yeah. Yeah. The brain is what stops it. Yeah. You know, and then so you gotta, as an individual, recognize is it my brain telling me to stop or am I really just tired? Mm -hmm. You know, like it's these things. Like you can physically do so much. Yeah. You know, you are way stronger than you think you are. It's, it's, if, if I always like to think is like, if you took the brain out and you just like programmed your body like with a computer and with a code to squat like at a certain pace, like it's gonna get tired, sure, but is it, do we get tired because we think we're tired or are we actually tired? You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's those, those it's, it's the brain, yeah. it's the thinking. Yeah. It's the, I, I've said it a million times, it's the Ryan Berry quote, where do you go when shit gets hard? Because that same place during the workout that you go to is the same place you go to when you're fighting with your wife. Yeah. You know, it's the same place when you have stress at work. Yeah. You know, it's like whether you're like, oh, well, is me or, you know, like, I'm just going to push back. You know, it, it's the same kind of thing. Yeah, it's amazing when you conquer it in your gym, in your workout, how much it translates into your relationship or, or everything else your job you know you, you 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 can i'll even do it sometimes I'll, I'll be sitting in the gym and i'll be like i need to get i'm going to make i'm going to i have to reach this goal so i can have some sort of thing in my business i don't know whatever it is i'm thinking of maybe maybe if i if i don't get here i'm not going to make a million dollars or something like that i just put this these things in my head when i'm working out so because it because it just gives me that extra little push to get through it and then in, in turn I'm like okay so what so then it, it makes me even more hard harder to focus on okay I gotta get I gotta get more I gotta I gotta figure out my shit a little bit better with business or I've got to do things a little bit differently or I've got to do this I gotta do this it's amazing how me thinking that way in a workout or when I'm doing a run or whatever it is I'm doing makes me think harder and more creative and better in my in my business world and in my creative world as well just for me that's that's worked a lot mm -hmm. to be able to just tell myself those kinds of things and that's kind of like visualization too yeah. right yeah. so important yeah. to do uh -huh. so important my vision for my future yeah what's it feel like what's it feel like what's but so do you like, think right? Haley? so someone being like you spending some some time in your life being sick do you think vis visualization visualization of being well is something that helps? Yeah, that's a great question. Because um, it's enough to gr drive you crazy when you're envisioning this well person and you know you're very far from that. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I think it does help. I think you have to choose what you visualize though. You know, um, and you have to kind of do it in a desperate manner. Like for, for a while, I, um, so the Lyme organism is a spirochete. That's just what it is. So a I spirochete. It's called a spirochete. Yeah. Sounds like a spider. It's disgusting. <laughs> but I I drew like a cartoon spirochete on my mirror that I looked at every morning. Um, it was on the wall, so I could see it from my bed. Um, and I drew one of the you know like the no circles, the circle with the line through it, the mm -hmm. red circle. So I drew a big one of those over the spirochete. So every morning I looked at this little cartoon drawing of like no spirochetes allowed basically and I don't who knows what did what but even just seeing that it it gave me this this tiny hint of feeling like I had power over it 
So that, you just, you have to find the little thing. It's huge. I mean, it's like the placebo effect, too. The brain. Totally. The brain is a very, very, totally. very, 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 very powerful. Yeah, powerful absolutely. You, know, you can heal yourself, you know. Yeah. And uh, I did, like, I did IV antibiotics and I did IV treatment for many years. Um, and I still do occasionally, just a different kind of treatment. Um, and during... <laughs> it looks like a little... Um, Are you looking it up? I'm trying to look what a lime spirochete looks like. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like a little swirly. How do you spell spirochete? Yeah, I wouldn't know. Uh, <laughs> spell it. Sound I was, it out. Oh, right. <laughs> I, found, I was impressed that you did that. I, think, I, I don't think I could look it up. I it's it's actually right there, right? Yeah, so it like, like it little, drills into your tissues. Oh, yeah. It's disgusting. Oh, yeah, it's man. pretty gross. Yeah, wow. so it uses that shape to kind of drill into your tissues and your bloodstream and everything holy cow yeah so that's how it can affect your entire body so guys wow. it looks like just like a it looks like a worm kind of like a spring yeah, spring a, worm yeah swirling worm and so wow that's yeah. crazy that's so my mind a little bit like when i when i had the iv treatments when they were being administered and actually going into my body i would i would visualize every drop and I would visualize it engulfing these disgusting things that were in my body and just killing all of them. Um, and then still when I, like, I, I do a lot of alternative therapies now. I get massage, acupuncture, um, all, the, all the good body work Orthotics. stuff. And yoga. Okay. Um, you know, depending on the yoga day, what I'm focusing on. But with all those treatments, I usually visualize, like, a white... I call it the white light. It's like a white cleansing light with every inhale I take. And then when I exhale, I exhale out all like the gray and the yeah, stuff a, I don't need anymore. The martial arts thing that we do. Yeah. yeah. Similar. So, and then you always trust that your gray gets turned into white for someone else. Um, and is used for good. But yeah, I, I think, I think visualization is so important especially when you're ill and and like i said it, it can drive you crazy when you're in the space of like years of helplessness um and all you want to do is just be helpless and feel sorry for yourself yeah. um it's really hard to get out of that mindset especially when people are saying like oh it could be worse it's like mm, could it though you know oh, fuck you <laughs> right yeah. you just want to smack the person although yeah. yes of course it could be worse you know yeah. i couldn't i'm maybe I wouldn't be here anymore or something. But, but when you're in it, you don't, that's the last thing you want to hear. And I think that's true for everyone in struggles, you know? Um, yeah. but the visualization for me gave me that, that hint of power that I, that I didn't have anymore. Was there like a defining point when like you would say like from the sick of the sick, the, your lowest mm -hmm. point where it started to get better and, where you started to feel like glimmers of hope? Yeah, um, it was slow, but there was, there was definitely glimmers. Um, you know, when I walked up the stairs for the first time, that was pretty big. Like, I'm, get, I'm pretty, getting better. Yeah. Nice. Um, Do you think yeah, it was like a snowball kind of effect? Like it just started building? Yeah, there was, it was, it was slow. Um, and it still is slow and I'm still, you know, working stuff out but um yeah you know like I formed a sentence a full sentence and then 
I could see clearly for an hour and then a week later I could see clearly for an hour and a half. So, you know, it was, it was very slow, but yeah, it, it kind of, all of a sudden I was like, oh crap, this is how, you know, like I can, I can ski down a mountain, one trail, and then I could ski two trails the next day, you know? So it, or not the next day, in like a week or two, but yeah, I think, yeah, it did snowball. It's, it's kind of amazing. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's really hard, I think, for someone that hasn't been there to even kind of comprehend it, right? Sure. Like, and how bad it actually can be for someone. Mm-hmm. So would you say that, like, the biggest thing in the Lyme community with Lyme in general is, like, kind of prevention or awareness? Um, I think it's both at this point. Um because nobody really knows even what the disease is um, or that it does have co-infections involved with it. It's not just this one kind of organism that's in your body. It's multiple and it takes all sorts of treatments to get rid of all, all of them. Um, I think prevention is the first step because people have to learn to not get it. But sometimes you, you just simply can't prevent it. You know, ticks are getting more and more prevalent and the winters are getting warmer so they're not killing off the ticks as much um so there's more ticks more disease and more people are getting do all ticks have Lyme no not all ticks um studies are showing more and more ticks have Lyme um but no not all ticks have Lyme and are there different species of ticks there are yeah so right now the deer tick is the only completely proven one um that carries Lyme and its co-infections, um, but there are, there's the dog tick, there's the lone star tick, there's the soft shell tick, um, and there's so the little... whole tick community. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they're all found in different areas. So, um, like, Midwest is really where the lone star tick is found, um, and they're finding that carries a kind, a kind of co-infection um, that can be transmitted to you in less than five minutes of being bitten um so the whole 20 the whole 24 hour thing is is not the case and Lyme can be transmitted sooner than that as well um yeah so say um steve and i go hold hands and walk through the woods and Mm -hmm. i find a tick on steve and you fantasize me again (laughs) no but for real like in all honesty in all honesty say like yeah we're just go and hang out and we go through the woods or whatever and I one of us gets a tick on them and we mm-hmm. what do we do um well if 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 the tick bit you if it's engorged um, so what does that mean if you it get, bit you yeah get engorged does well, that mean just it's swollen in you yeah it, it goes inside you no 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 face head is in you okay so it bit you yeah it bit you the body is kind of hanging out outside of so it's gonna it's like it's kind of gross it's like me with pizza basically yeah (laughs) (laughs) sorry no but Um, so what do you do so the first thing you want to do is remove the tick safely and carefully so um you're gonna want i always tell people to carry a tick removal kit with them wherever they go um i usually stay far far away from nature at this point but um, so you take the tweezers and you get as close to the head of the tick as possible. So you might have to kind of push the skin down a little bit. 
um, grab the head gently and you're gonna pull it straight out. So you don't wanna twist it and you don't wanna squeeze the belly of the tick because if you squeeze it, then everything that's in the belly can be regurgitated into you. Um, you definitely don't wanna burn it or put alcohol on it or put essential oils on it. I've heard all those things being suggested to people. Um, it makes me want to cry. Why does this just like um, fall right in or something? No, so if you if you burn it or, or agitate it in some way, it spits out the rest of what's inside of its gut into you. So if you remove it carefully, you might have removed many organisms within the tick as right. well. Uh, but if you burn it or something, it'll, it'll just totally unleash all of those organisms wow. into you. Um, so if you get if you have Lyme disease and you get bit again, can that affect you even worse? Absolutely, it, yeah. So it's yeah. not like so, once you have it, it yeah. doesn't matter, right? No, it doesn't matter. You're not immune to it. Um, right. In fact, you're immunosuppressed now. Right. So um, it can be worse, and depending on what the tick has inside of it, it can be completely different organisms than you have already. Oh, or it can be the same ones that right. set it off again. Um, and usually if people relapse or if they get bit by a tick again and they already had chronic Lyme, it usually does turn out to be worse the second right. time. Right. Can ticks bite through clothes? You know, that's like a good question. Thin layer, they like usually They usually get under clothes pretty under easily. Clothes. So you'll find them in, in small dark areas. So like in your ears, oh. underarms, groin, Shh, in between your me. toes. Yeah. I'll tell you a story. It's, it's not a tick story, but uh, when I was in the army, I got chiggers. Mm. Have you ever heard of chiggers? Mm -hmm. They're they're these microscopic bugs that go through your clothes that burrow in your skin and they itch like a motherfucker. Like, and I we were in a field problem where we were sleeping outside. We were like in Texas, like just it was freaking August and it was like a hundred, and. Uh, all the hot spots in your body, all of a sudden I started getting all these little pussy spots, like all around the top of my like combat boots and then like in my armpits and on my like hips, like where my belt was, and it was horrible. Like I'm not saying there's anything with ticks, but it's like, mm. I'm from the Northeast. Like we don't have chiggers <laughs> in, in New York, or at least I never heard of them before. And like, you know when the kid's like, yeah, hold on, it's a chigger. And I was like, <laughs> what? I was like, well, what the hell is a chigger? <laughs> you know? So then they're telling me they're like, yeah, they go away after a while. But I heard if you eat, I heard if you eat matches because the sulfur it'll make it like go through. So I was sitting there. I took all the MREs. You know, you have MREs, right? Like, I, you get a pack of matches with each MRE, and I was, I had a pile of match tips, and I just started swallowing them because I was so desperate. This it itched so bad, mm -hmm. but it's gross. And the only thing, no. <laughs> No. Yeah, so definitely don't re recommend ever eating patches yeah, don't, don't, for yeah. lime or a chigger. Yeah. I think the only thing that, that, that when I finally started to feel relief, I like got out and I went to a friend's house that, at a pool and it was a chlorine pool and like it felt like it cleaned it like to a point. But they, you can't see them and they burrow in your skin. And it, I think I'm always just petrified of some weird disease or some weird like and hear about SARS and like, mm -hmm. you know, mad cow disease and all these different things like and it's like. Oh, that's like, I don't want to get something by accident. Yeah. But well, I don't want to get something by purpose either, but like, you know, like that kind of <laughs> petrifies me. So what about if you see a tick on your dog? So mm -hmm. you, how do you, you take care of it the same way? Um, 
Yes and no. The the lime is more uh, recognized in the animal world, so I would just recommend bringing it to your vet. Okay. Um, you can remove the tick if you want, but usually have the vet. Usually, if you bring it to the vet, they'll figure it out. Honestly, no. I probably would remove the tick um, first if you can get in there and and see it clearly. You know, sometimes it's harder with long-haired animals. And back to the, uh, the human. Mm-hmm. So I, I find this tick on Steve. We <laughs> remove it properly. What's the next? Do I take him to urgent care like immediately? So save the tick. Save the tick. Save the tick. Put it in a plastic baggie or a, or a glass jar. Is the tick dead of... at that point? Or is it still alive? No, normally? usually they're still alive. Ticks are actually pretty hard to kill. Okay. Um, but you can, you, can, um, you can send the tick off to get tested. Um... I know you can send it to Hygienics. Um, UMass does a mm-hmm. not too expensive test, and you can usually hear back from them <laughs> in a couple of days. Um, so the tick head is pretty small. Yeah, so the tick head is what's going to be in you. Okay. And then... Just the, so you guys know, I'm looking at it. So it's yeah, got, we're looking it, at pictures of ticks. No, it's, it's, it's got, got eight legs. Night names tonight. Yeah. Do they always have eight Welcome legs? Welcome to my life. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're actually in the spider family, yes. Okay. Um, they don't have wings, which is amazing. How do they, do they like just lay eggs? Or they They do. So one female can lay thousands of eggs in a sitting. And that's generally about the size right there? Like, it's so it's small. That is probably a... Big no, one? Yeah. They, they're usually, so this... The nymphs are the size of a sesame seed. Sesame seed? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Wow, I'm learning. And there's the tick. There's the tick. There's the tick. There you go. Yeah, so <laughs> before you, a lot of a lot of people say like, oh I, I didn't feel anything bite me, so I like did a quick check and then was fine. They actually inject you with a numbing substance first. I'm not sure what it's actually called. So the you tick can't, does. The tick does. So you can't actually feel when a tick bites you. Because you anesthesia beforehand. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. Uh, there's Marlo. He agrees. No, Marlo agrees. <laughs> um, so, so you take the tick, you save it. Save it. Send the tick to be tested. So let's talk about, we're going to the woods. So you think... Anytime you're going out in nature mm-hmm. and there's the possibility you could go in there, you should like have someone inspect you like front and back. 100%. Yes. Or, or get really flexible in a mirror. <laughs> Again, do yoga. Do yeah, yoga. Do, do yoga. Yoga, yoga will prevent all <laughs> no, This is all good no, stuff. Don't go me I, on think, uh, I think uh, we've had conversations before, but there, there needs to be a more, uh, more awareness of ticks. I mean, 100%. before I met you, I didn't know anybody, or I didn't. Yeah. I was like, tick, a lot of what? my friends huh? are like that too. Huh? They, they kind of just. Yeah, I don't. never really thought of we'll it. Take it for granted. And then, and yeah. then, I think getting into your story and realizing how sick you were, like I was like, oh, she was sick. Yeah. You know, that's a all I used to say. Don't. Like you yeah. never really like once that one time we sat down and you really explained to me how <laughs> sick you were. I was like, holy shit! Like, yeah, a lot of people don't realize. It, it can be deadly. Many people have died from this illness. Um, I happen to be very close to that point, but 
thankfully I made it out. Um, I'm grateful you did too. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but yeah, a lot of people don't realize it can cause more than aches and pains. A lot more than aches and pains. Okay, so say someone, say Steve gets bit, mm-hmm. we take the tick, we save it, we go to the doctor, they kind of let him go. What are some signs? Are there so, any, and does that matter? Yeah. Like, to, like, really, like, oh, I'm feeling achy or something. I should probably go back. Yeah. So, if you get bit by a tick, you, my advice is get ready to fight for yourself. Um, because it's not very recognized in the medical community or otherwise. Um, so, you know, if, if you go on any Lyme website or anything, ILADS is the main one, I-L-A-D-S.org. Um, there, so the suggested thing is to get a month of antibiotics, three to four weeks of antibiotics, and then you should be good. Um, usually doctors will not give you that unless you have a rash or a positive test, which is where it gets tricky because if you do have a rash, a ra- the bullseye rash, mm-hmm. that's the dead giveaway. The Lyme community calls you lucky if you have the rash because it means you have Lyme disease. It is official. You have Lyme disease. You need treatment. Um, and if you catch it right away, the month, the three to four weeks of antibiotics should be fine. Um, but now what I've been hearing from patients, a lot of people are doing is they go in with the rash and the doctor still asks for a blood test. But the tricky thing is if you have the rash, if you currently have the rash, your body hasn't built up the antibodies yet. So you're going to get a false negative blood test, which means you don't get treatment. Right. So if you, if you, especially if you have the rash, just don't stop until you get treatment. And it's something that can be dormant in you for a little Absolutely. bit. Absolutely. Mine so was, yeah. You can, you can, you can go your whole life without. And then all of a sudden, 20 years later, all of a sudden mm-hmm. you start to get symptoms of something weird. My mom's the perfect example. She's uh, 56 now. Um, and she, she's had aches and pains for a while, but she hasn't had any serious thankfully symptoms um and after i got sick she got tested and she had a positive test um so do you think this is something everybody should do like get the test get tests well the tests aren't very accurate um and the most accurate one costs money how much Um, do you know i want to say it's 500 dollars. wow which to me is in the long run that's not that bad. Right. To me is the best five hundred dollars you ever spent. Yeah. Um, it certainly is for a lot of people I know. Yeah. Um, and in the long run, looking back, because you know, my family was the same way. When I got diagnosed, Lyme was completely taboo and I had twenty of the top specialists in the country. You know, I went to Cleveland Clinic and Strong and everywhere. Um, cool. telling me, You're crazy, it's definitely not Lyme. But we don't know what it is. And then I had this one Lyme specialist, you know, cuckoo, telling me, it's Lyme, you got to start treating. So we finally got to the point of, it's do or die, we got to do something. So, luckily, treatment caught on. Wow. And I totally forget where I was going with that. No, yeah, yeah, no. (laughs) So it's even something, I mean, it kind of blows my mind because it's like, it's tricky. There's, there's a lot of trickiness yeah, to that's it. Where I was Those going. ticks are tricky. Yeah. Um, like, so even if you have Lyme disease, 
and it's not diagnosed, mm -hmm. they could be treating you for a plethora of other type of ailments that they sure. think it may be sure. because they don't know because they're really just practicing medicine. Absolutely. And I know a lot of people who were being treated for fibromyalgia, um, MS, RA, all sorts of stuff, and nothing was really... It was keeping it kind of plateaued, um, but they weren't living a life you know it was a it's a really bad quality of life so um you know i i've hooked a few people up with some doctors and um they started lyme treatment or didn't if they thought it was something else um and the ones who did end up having lyme are doing a lot better now um and even so they did I forget who did the study, but there was a study done on Alzhe deceased Alzheimer's patients. Um, they did brain autopsies, and I think it was 70% actually had Lyme and no traces of Alzheimer's. Really? Mm -hmm. Wow. And when I was, so when I was 18, I was technically diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Re wow. Mm-hmm. <sighs> wow. Well, well this is scary stuff, but I think it's, it's really important for people to know, especially people with children, you know. Um, yeah. Check. And there's, there's, so there's one sp spray, it's called permethrin, um, and it's the only thing that's proven to repel ticks. Oh, really? Yeah, so, um... Say that again? Permethrin. I okay. believe it's P-R-E. And what is it? Um, it's, it's just a, it's like a bug spray. It's a, it's a chemical. So you don't, don't want to put it on your animals. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Um, and there's also clothing now with it infused into the threads. Um, it's called Alimitic clothing. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, and they make a dog vest, too. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so a lot of, you know, a lot of hunters mm. use this stuff. But every, every time I go in the garden or on a hike, which is rare, but <laughs> sometimes if I feel the need, I usually just douse my clothes with um, permethrin, and I, and I usually feel pretty safe still do checks afterwards um and definitely don't get the stuff on your skin if you can help it but yeah you where is there a common that. spot people usually get bit like like is it legs is it um, arms the most common spot is the the small dark spots so groin between your toes in like the crevices of your ears oh really armpits mm -hmm. wow. they kind of crawl into the hard to find areas but it's also an option to be bit like in the middle of your arm right you know they don't and you can think about that too all the little nooks and crannies you mm -hmm. have where you could possibly get bit yeah have you made any or had to make any diet changes because of this as well i've had to make a ton yeah so when i was when i was really sick it was very strict um no sugar no dairy no grains no it was basically right. just very clean protein very clean vegetables right. um and maybe one fruit a day but that was the max because the organisms do feed on the sugar. Right. So even natural sugars, we kind of totally nixed. Um, now I'm trying to find the balance because I, I, I kind of, I went crazy for a couple of years. After I went back into society because I was like, Oh my God, I'm, I can be a person again. And I'm right. young and, and I'm going to go party right. and yeah. eat whatever I want to eat. And, um, then I felt like crap for a little while. So um, now I'm kind of finding a balance. My my main diet when I'm home is is still the clean proteins. It's it's pretty much paleo, I guess you could yeah. say. Yeah. Clean proteins, clean vegetables, um, very low sugar, yeah. 
very little, if any, processed foods. Um, no gluten, no soy, no dairy. Just clean stuff. And, and if it makes your body feel like crap, then maybe you shouldn't eat it next time, you know? You just, you just, you just, he loves everything you just said. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, my, my big rule now is everything in moderation. Because I'm one of these people who don't like being told I can't do something and I right. just want to yeah. do it more. Which I think many people are right. like. Um, so, you know, I'll, I'll, I always have, I have a really bad sweet tooth too. Really, really bad. <laughs> Runs in my family. Really? Yeah. Oh so yeah. So do I. I found ways around it. Yeah. I use xylitol and other things. Oh really? Just I usually that just. Good, that are good for you too. Yeah. I have like a coconut, coconut milk ice cream pretty yeah. much at all times. And I can, yeah, if I, great. if I do things in moderation, then I won't binge. Right. You know what I mean? Um, See, I'm the opposite. I, I don't I don't do the moderation thing well. You don't have well. <laughs> control. I'm all or nothing. So I stay away from it completely. Yeah. I really am all or nothing. If I if I can put something <laughs> in a bowl and put the rest away, then I'm pretty good. See, I know the rest is in there. That's, that's, <laughs> no, that's what everyone says. <laughs> I so know then, it's in there. So then stick with stevia. <laughs> I'll stick with it. Yeah. I got a good thing going on. I'm keeping it. Yeah, and you know, so. if I go out to eat with friends or something, and there's something that looks really good on the menu like a burger with an actual bun or something then I'll do it and if I pay for it the next day I pay for it but right. you know I'm I'm all about doing things that feel good and that align with you you know like like eating donuts every day would probably feel good mentally but that's not something I want yeah, right that's not something minutes, I want to do yeah. so I'm all about doing what feels yeah. good and that you know is still feeding your body yeah that's good yeah and plus you check I mean uh, you know you I won't get too crazy on this. Don't worry, Ryan. But no, I love it. But, but you, you, when you start to eat really healthy, you, your your perspective changes, anyways. Absolutely. And your taste buds change. What you dis, what you find as a treat is more of a healthier thing than not. Totally. I, I can't even eat stuff anymore. Yeah. Like white pasta is yeah. repulsive oh, yeah. to me. Yeah. <laughs> but I think I think also like to reiterate and kind of support what you're saying is like when you are eating healthy, your ability to fight and be more resilient Absolutely. is there you know yeah. you know like the people that eat like you know just constant processed stuff from a box like they're they're also got a cold like all winter long right you know they're what I mean and they're the sniffling yeah. and they're like and you know I I'm not saying my diet's bad, and I, I joke about pizza, but like, <laughs> I mean, pizza, I love yeah. pizza. I, don't I, mean, I, I love pizza too, but like, I do gluten free every once in a while. I'll do gluten free. I don't go too crazy with it, but like, I'm generally healthy, and I haven't been like, I haven't got a cold or anything in a while, like at least a couple of seasons. Well, it yeah. affects you your know? mental state too, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't drink much, but when you drink the next day. Ugh. You're yeah. in this negative mental space, right? Mm -hmm. And just like you don't do it, your day is shot. You don't yeah. do anything, or if you do, it's not done well. And yeah, you're just surviving. The yeah, day. and then yeah. all the yeah. negative thoughts come in, and it's the same thing. If I binge eat, you know, Chinese food or something, right? The next day, it's like, oh, I'm so sick. I'm still sick. I, you know, I'm weak. I'm not I, good enough. I feel food. way worse if I eat shitty food than if I drink. Honestly, it's like yeah. my body just. It's, I mean. I mean, if I got wasted, it would be a different story. But if you know, I, I yeah, the the food just I'll, I can sit there and eat like binge on my my probably my biggest thing that I will eat a lot of sometimes is like 
organic corn chips or something like that. You know? <laughs> yeah. And then I'll eat a half a bag of that and I'll feel like crapping pretty much within the next hour. And it's mm -hmm. like, so it's, yeah. I, I found like mean, even th this happened to me this week. Um, I, so the thing, the thing that's bad for me is on demand TV series, mm. like right. Netflix series. And I, I, I got into one this week and then I get, I get, and I didn't sleep good. I stayed up till like one thirty, one forty-five, and then I had right. to be up at six. Nice. And it was oh. like, <laughs> like I found just with that lack of sleep from that day, I wasn't up eating or doing anything. I was just up like watching Narcos. Like, and it's just like, and then I tried to turn it off and I'm laying there and I'm like all wired. I'm so scared from, to start from, from watching, watching it. it. <laughs> and then like, the I'm like, why can't I sleep? Plus, and then I watch some more and I try to go to sleep again. And I'm, it's this process every, like I, I watched it, you know, and the next day, like I was okay. Like I actually did, like had a really good day at work, but I was just, I found myself and I was just recognizing that I was emotional inside, right? Like, I wasn't, I don't know if it was coming out too much outwardly, but I, I could feel myself, the reactive side of me was like, mm -hmm. well, that person was an asshole, you know, when I would be like, not even right. think twice, right? And then like, then I, or woe is me type stuff goes on in my head, and I'm like... Yeah. You look back to the past. I'm like, oh like my God, I, I just need apart. to go to sleep. I need to yeah. like... It's poison. Yeah. It's just another form of poison. Whether yeah. it's bad food, alcohol, no sleep. If you're not feeding your body and you're not feeding your mind, it's it's poison. I've been really, like, Sidey and I have been uh, every night, uh, we just read books together. Mm -hmm. Like, we'll read a page, she'll read a page, I read a page, and we go back and forth. And, you know, 20 minutes of that, I'm, I'm exhausted. I'm like, I can't read anymore. I can't read <laughs> you know? But it, it, it's like, I, why I turn the TV on sometimes and go on a Netflix, it's like, I don't know. And it happens, it's and then, it's, then, then all of a sudden it's like taking cocaine, and it's yeah. like I'm wide awake, I'm wired, and I'm like, and, and I think I stress myself out. We're like, oh, I gotta go sleep because I gotta get up, and then, then that spinning thing starts to yeah. happen, and it's like, yeah. you know, I don't know. So I think this was a, a really good um, talk. Um, I really, uh, I appreciate you coming on, and it's, it's pretty awesome. Um, we always at end it in the podcast with like kind of a similar question. Let Steve ask it. What's Let the, Steve what, ask yeah, it. Steve, I, I like it coming out of your mouth. Let's, I mean, you've, you've obviously been through a lot with the Lyme disease in mm -hmm. your life and things, and everybody's got their versions of that or, or their struggles in life or their sure. down and out. What is the number one thing that you would recommend to somebody to get them out of their to, to get like the first step to get them out of their shit to get them to get them started in the right direction what is like what is the number one thing that you would suggest to them to do first that's a hard question um i think it's to to find your power and and that's that seems and maybe is a very hard task but even if it's the smallest thing you can do like drawing a cartoon spire heat on your window and looking at it every day to find one thing just to start yourself off, to find your power and, and, and feel a little bit more in control of your life or your mind um, or even your body, I think is so important. So, you know, if, if you are able-bodied, going to yoga once a week, if that helps you stay even like a light form of yoga. Yeah, like and, and if you if you aren't able-bodied, there. I, trust me, I've been there. It's been hard, um, but there are ways 
you know, there are, there are definitely ways to do it, even if it's just squeezing a stress ball or, you know, drawing or talking to yourself, but in a positive manner. Right. Um, yeah, I think finding your power, gaining back control in, in even the smallest possible way is so, so important. And uh, lastly, where can people find you if they want to get your services, yoga or health coaching as well? Or, or yep. As yep. well. Where, yep. where can they find you? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram and Facebook, um, HMD Wellness. Okay. Um, so you can find me there. Okay. Awesome. And are there any, uh, like, if someone wants to learn more about their symptoms or something like that, where would you recommend people to turn? Um, yeah, so anyone anyone can message me on Facebook or Instagram. I'm happy to answer anything. Okay. Um, it's what I do on a ba- daily basis now. Um, but the the main website I usually turn people towards is the ILADS website, um, ILADS.org. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank Love you. you. Thank, thank you, you guys. Awesome, you. awesome to have you here. <laughs> um, thank you guys all for listening today. Don't forget, as always, please please uh, write your comments into iTunes there and share, share, share this. And let us know any questions or concerns that you have. And we will see you all next time. Thank you.